Hey, everybody, just want to let you know about our newsletter. I've been doing an audio version of it here for a few weeks. And I'm, I'm catching up. I'm a, I'm a week or two behind, but I've been getting it out every week now for two weeks in a row. Whip, whippy, woo. And it's over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash newsletter. Just a little summary of maybe some stuff that we talked to, you know, on the show about that. I said, hey, what about this? All right, let's get down to the show. Hey, here you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Tonight it's metastasis news. Uh, it's instead of a bedtime story, I guess I was mis- misguided there, possibly misleading, but only, my, you know, not purposely, maybe my subconscious. But I don't know why I didn't need to mislead you, because this is a, you know, lulling, soothing, packed show. Metastasis News is when we uh, talk about the TV, Colombian TV show Metastasis, which you can find on Netflix currently. It is a remake of Breaking Bad, a well-made remake, so this isn't a spoof in Spanish. And I rewatch Metastasis not once, but twice, and I say, well, geez, could I, let's watch it, see what this show's like, remake of Breaking Bad. Let's watch it again, see if we can learn any Spanish. Then let's watch Breaking Bad, because that's a, a piece of American TV history, a classic or whatever you call it when it's still, you know, fresh, a fresh it, you know, it's an awesome show. And, and then let's maybe if we have time and it's lulling, soothing and, and boring and, you know, and contain, let's, let's see if we can learn some Spanish words. And then maybe we'll learn some stuff about Breaking Bad or Metastasis or Columbia or what were the actors, whatever. Uh, if you see, if you listen to Game of Thrones or Game of Thrones, but I guess we kind of do a similar thing, except it's all in English. So it's a language learning TV rewatch uh, bedtime podcast. And you say, "Geez, okay." You, you say, "Okay, you lost me there." Well, when did I, when you started talking? Okay, well, geez, well, thanks for sticking it out to see if I got to a point. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, the idea of the podcast, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a safe place where I'm going to try to distract you from whatever's running through your brain, whatever's keeping you up at night, uh, you know, whether it's thinking or worrying, processing, feeling, physically, emotionally. I'm going to reach my hand across the deep, deep, dark night out to you. I'm going to say, hey, I'm your boyfriend. I'm here to help. And what I'm going to do is, you know, outside, some might call it obscene, you know, but not the kind you get prosecuted for. Obscene in the sense, be, be beyond the norm. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit at your bedside at a comfortable distance outside your personal boundaries. All boundaries will be respected here. And I'm going to just talk about this show. I watch Metastasis. And then I'm going to talk about it again. I said, well, just this time I watched it with the subtitles, Spanish subtitles, and I wrote down some Spanish words. Also notice a couple, you, there's a couple of big things we've noticed so far. Walter Cielo, uh, collect owl, uh, ceramic owls, and Tuco Salamanca in, in Colombia. 
is either a uh, ventriloquist or a puppet collector, or he's in the Twilight Zone because in his safe is a ventriloquist dummy. And I did not imagine that because I've seen it more than once, so either I've had a break with reality. Okay, let me rephrase that. I've had a bigger break from reality. But I'm pretty sure, so those are things to say, geez, you, you got to watch it a few times to pick up on that stuff. But my goal is to distract you. The theory is that you can't think about everything that's going in through your head and listen to me at the same time. So you'll say, geez, that's kind of interesting. Did you say he has a ventriloquist dummy in his safe? I might listen for another five minutes. But then ideally I talk in such a soothing, calming way that you're like, well, he's not really getting to that. Oh, because that was five episodes ago. Well, geez, now he's talking about Oshkosh Bagash. That's a really pleasant word, Oshkosh Bagash. So I'll listen to him for a little, and then you'll drift off into dreamland. But what you may or may not notice is the other parts of your brain have fallen silent. Because for, I, I have no idea why. I have no idea how. Let me preface that. It's almost like, you know, like Walt, Walter White and Walter Blanco are chemists, and they're very creative and thoughtful. I'm like a kid with a chemistry set, and I just started mixing together. I'm going to throw some chamomile in here. A little bit of a rose water. I don't even know what that is. Lulling, soothing tones. I have, of course, I have newt. Double the I have newt. You know, a little patchouli for sure. Uh, you know, shavings, leather shavings. Why not? And some turpentine. But don't worry, it's just a thinner. You know, and, and, and we'll be carrier oil. Don't know what that is either. But I'm gonna put some carrier oil in there. Uh, carrier pigeon toenail I used to have, mix that, mixing it up. A little bit of boring, you know, meandering, long, pregnant pauses, pregnant without any points. And I'm going to serve it up to you, to you in an imaginary way. Of course, you wouldn't drink it. But at some point, I was in my lab there. I used to call it the story lab, but no stories came out of it. So I said, well... They said they call it the chemistry lab because chemistry, they said, okay, I could keep calling it the story lab then because stories come in, they don't come back out. Well, one time at the old story lab, when I was mixed in stories, one part elf, uh, one part elven, and, and the chipmunks, oh boy, that was an unintended joke there. Scooter, you dog. Wait, Scooter, tell me the joke again. Too, too late because it depended on the delivery and the timing. But that's what I'm going to do. I'm trying to, I'm your buddy. I'm your boar friend, your boar bro, your boar cuz. I carry you off on the wings of pointlessness. Hey, come over to your house. I say, respect all boundaries. I need no attention. I don't need anything from you. I have a magical wand of door locking doors when I leave. Uh, you know, everything is locked. Uh, ovens off. Uh, power, you know, stuff that's supposed to be powered down is powered down. Charge stuff's plugged in. And I'm off like a Kaiser Soze. You never knew I existed or whatever he says. I always try to remember what he says, but, he, you know, he never knew he existed. So I say, well, I can't remember what Kaiser. Uh, that's, uh, my goal is to distract you. Maybe make you smile and, and help you fall asleep. And, and, and the secondary goal is that I'm honestly putting hard work into this. That's the, uh, I don't know if it's a paradox, an irony, or it's not a parody because I'm dead serious.
I watch these shows because I'm really enjoying it. It is a lot of work watching it, you know, twice and then, you know, but I'm enjoying it. And I say, hey, I might learn some Spanish. I already know socio means partner. In Colombian Spanish, llave means buddy, like my friend, my uh, kind of like my partner, like bud. There's other words I've learned that I can't remember at this time because I didn't realize there would be a pop quiz in my own podcast. Uh, but that's it. I'm glad you're here, and I hope this podcast helps you fall asleep. Oh, I guess my point was if it doesn't, like I'm putting a lot of hard work into this. So I will talk about the shows, and, and in all honesty, I'll say, hey, geez, this is interesting to me. This this came up. I, I wondered about it. And then they did this in Breaking Bad compared to that. And then I'll say, Jesus, what does this Spanish word mean? Well, I couldn't read my handwriting. Couldn't Couldn't find it. Or, well, would you believe Google Translate wouldn't translate it, but it is a real word. Like, Yahweh, you plug that in, it just says key. Well, you ask anybody, a kindergartner would say, oh, that means key in Spanish. They say, well, not in Colombia, my friend. So, boom, we're ahead of the game now. Now you can go to sleep. You, if, you, if you had a, one last voice, you may say, well, you got to learn something before you go to bed. Uh, mission accomplished, okay? So I'm glad you're here. And I really want to help you fall asleep. And this doesn't work for everybody. We have other style episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We give it a couple tries. I, I hope it works for you. And, and thanks for stopping by. All right, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can find older episodes there. You can comment on the website. You can comment on the episode, show notes. You can also email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can uh, get me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter or on Facebook. I also post all the bloopers on Facebook and Twitter. And those are always, uh, they have, I swear a lot, and I lose my temper a lot because I, I constantly forget to shut my ringer off. Uh, tonight my phone's in the other room, but the ringer is definitely on. So probably be swearing, but I'll cut it out of this. Uh, we got a, a new, let's see. I want to thank uh, Chris Posty Posters and from Sounds Like an Earful who does our music. Scotty and Jennifer who are on our artwork. Uh, Laura and Alexandra, who are moderators over at our Facebook group at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods. And that's a little Facebook community you can talk about sleep or you can get to know other listeners. And, you know, stuff like It's a nice place. Uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods. A nice, if you can't sleep, it, it's, it's, it's a nice place. Uh, we got a couple nice, we got a really, really nice article written by Samantha over at spinesandcovers.com. Um, I mean, I can't even believe it. And it's just it's just really interesting to hear her perspective, her first listening to it, and then saying, what in the what is this? And then and then saying, wait, well, wait, this is working. And I think her best advice, Samantha's best advice, talking about the podcast, she said so many nice things, but I liked how she said, uh, the key is to inactively listen as you drift off into sleepy land. Uh, the key is to inactively listen as you drift off in a sleepy land. So I wish I could have put it that way, but that's a great piece of advice for listening to this podcast. So thank you, Samantha, for taking the time uh, to write write about us. So it's so nice. I want to thank everybody that responded to the video editor's request. That was so nice, and I will be in touch with those of you that reached out to me. 
and any other video editors, you know, let me know. I got a couple people here that emailed me, but you know, if you're, if you're, I know that I got so many members of the Emerson mafia that listen to this. Well, we may not be able to control new Hollywood or Hollywood or new Hollywood. One day we will go to Dollywood with a video camera, all me and all the Emerson mafia listeners. Uh, but iTunes reviews, I want to thank Emily, Sarah, who said, uh, you're great to fall asleep to. She said, uh, she's glad someone mentioned Co Coach McGurk. Coach McGurk, I can't say that. Coach McGurk. Uh, she said she's glad somebody mentioned Co Coach McGurk because she always felt this was a kind of had a hot home movies feel to it and uh, that she loves the Florida. And I've watched home movies, so I, t I, I take that as a huge compliment. Thank you. Uh, Angel. 73-1908. So Angel from 1908 said, uh, we got right to the point, awesome, excellent sleep-inducing mechanism. Thank you, uh, Angel. And then Lorelei. Lorelei. Laura, I thank you for your iTunes review. Laura says safe and soothing and almost scarcely effective sleep aid. In fact, it's cold as hell. And it's amazing how reliably the podcast works. And it doesn't smell. But Lorelai loves real-time recipes. Yeah, falls asleep before we leave Trader Joe's. Sometimes sweet. Next door, guyish, sometimes funny, sometimes slurred and sleepy, like someone falling asleep himself, but always comforting and so, so I can't pronounce so, so terrific. This is the stuff. Thank you, Lorelei. And then international reviews. Let's roll through those. We got a Spanish, would you believe in it's not Hernan Cortez, Charlie Dog Dog, uh, from Spain says, won't you start, you won't be able to stop, excellent, thank you, Charlie Dog Dog. When they first listened to it, they thought it was odd, don't blame you, but they gave it a couple goes and now they're hooked. Don't judge until you've tried it a few times, perfect, that's, that's great a review, thank you, Charlie Dog. And then we got a review from Gaz Miller in the UK. This doesn't mess with, I may, may have, I don't know if I thanked Gaz Miller yet, but this doesn't mess around with stupid music or meditation. Just a soothing, lulling voice talking utter nonsense half the time. I, I'd quibble with you, but I'd say 70% of the time. But it's bloody wonderful. And they, 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 they're in the service. So that makes it even better. I say, Jesus, I may be keeping you safe. Or, you know, I'm like the safe and sane sleep podcast. I keep, I try to keep you safe and sane. And I'm, you know, I'm not. But so thank you, Gaz Miller. And I think that's all the international reviews. Thank you. And then I want to thank the Silvertone and Chevy for helping me out. I want to thank Michael C. for the email, Emily for the email, Eloise on Twitter, Mr. Recovery on Twitter, Lori on Twitter, Josh, Renee, Bethany, Bree, Yante, Boom Boom Brian, Fox, Renee, Billy, all on Twitter. 
I want to thank Julie C., Fox, Alyssa, and my cousin, Kevin F. Thank you, Kevin. You're probably asleep already, but thanks, buddy. All right, so we're talking about the latest episode of Metastasis here, and this time we're going to do two run-throughs of it because I, 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 I didn't have my legal pad. So I did a steno pad, which means I did a run-through with black pen and a run-through with red pen. So we're going to do our first run-through. Where I just kind of tried to follow the action or tried to pick up on a little language. But we open with some lens flare, and it's coming through some holes. And then we have Walter making a speech, I think. And then there's a flashback uh, to some stuff going on. Walter's dressed in black, and uh, he looks pretty cool. And then we have some more effects, uh, cool cool imagery. And then Walt is uh, with Cielo at his side. He's doing what he's been instructed to do by he's getting he's being taken care of he's getting care and she's there she's holding Walt's hand and her pregnant belly at the same time which I find a nice he said it just looks like like the acting and I was I think they were talking about Marcella which is uh, that dude's wife and then we have a scene with Walt teaching. He's having a little uh, problems with pain, it looked like. He says, in cambio, he's, uh, he has H-G-O-N-C squared on the board. And he's talking about, you know, mixing too much soda and it, it popping and stuff like that. And then Walt says, oh, no, you know, I've got a little, excuse me, classic, a little stomach ache here. And he's not feeling so hot. But he's got this lovely janitor, Hugo, who sees him. He says, hey, I'll clean up for you, man. You don't seem like you're feeling so great. And we're over at the ICC treatment center, and there's like a family meeting with a social worker, and it's the Walt and uh, Walt Jr. and Cielo. And Cielo seems to want something from Walt, a commitment, or I wasn't sure. Uh, something he's not giving, clearly. And Walt's talking... And then there's shots of the desert, lots of cool, beautiful shots of the desert, everything. And then there's the bus. And maybe it was on the second room through, I think Walt was talking about camping. And then they're cooking the mess, but Walt has a little bit of a coughing attack. And Jose Miguel's outside the, uh, the RV. He's got his whole Tyvek suit on and everything. But he gets out of the bus, and Jose's just chilling out there in a chair reading a magazine. But I noticed Jose Miguel was really helpful. He, like, helps Walt sit down. He helps Walt catch his breath. Walt opens his little hazmat suit. And then Jose looks on, and all of a sudden he's like, what's up with uh, with you? And he notices a mark on Walt's chest, and he says, uh, he says, it's the any cancer? And Jose starts to look really concerned. It's also thoughtful. Like, he's got his hand in his pocket, and they kind of talk about it, but then the bus starts to smoke like something's cooked. And Walt sends Jose in to finish up the cook. And Jose points his head, and he says something to Walt, and then there's the music while Jose cooks. And then we have a scene, a cop-style scene, and Henry meets up with Gomez, and he gets a gas mask and a blue folder. He says, I know siempre. 
And then he sees what I think he sees a mark on the mask. Then we have Jose selling the meth. Really good music here. Very Eric Clapton, I put, which is, you know, after the Eric Clapton scene last week. And we see Jose, he's at a club selling. He's very personable in this mode. And then it rolls back to Walt. And Jose shows up. Walt's yelling, Jose says, Tranquilo, man. And then he gives Walt his money, and then him and Walt start arguing about Gramos, I think, Grams. And then he says, Profe Esto, and a bunch of other stuff. And Walt holds the money and yells, and is like, I'm pretty sure the argument was like, how can we sell more? And then they talk about Tuco's name come up, and Jose's trying to give Walt, it looks like, to understand how business works, how this business works. He says, I Profe Ega, Ega. We got, and then Walt blows his top. He like pushes Jose, slams the door behind him. We get another jerky Walt, you know. And then we have Walt back at the XCCT. He's getting some ice to suck on. Then he's paying his bill. And then Walt's back at school. He gets sick again. The janitor gives him gum this time. What a caring person this guy is. And then Walt's just working his classroom. No students, and Henry shows up with it. I think the principal. And then he kind of is Henry says some stuff about the principal behind her back, and then he says like, "What's up with this visit?" He says it's work related, and he says, "Do you recognize this?" And again, I've seen Breaking Bad, so that helps me with this, some of this. But then Henry talks about finding a meth lab or Sapos. And Walt kind of plays dumb, a little too dumb, I put. And he says, hey, can I get a copy of your inventory stuff? Who else has keys? But Henry looks very studious here. And then they're in storage going through. He says some stuff that makes Walt think. And then there's music playing. And then Henry starts finding missing things. Walt Frank... uh, uh, phone rings and he says conteste which must mean answer it conteste he says it more than once and then jose calls he's with the sweaty guy he says hey i'm with mr sweaty here mohawk sweaty we're gonna go visit tuco and then henry tells Walt some theory about walt and then walt kind of gets scared and then henry laughs and then jose and sweaty are trying to get into some place the guy won't let him in he points to the camera we get some camera view shots, some closed circuit cameras. Bass starts pumping. Then there's more cameras, some guys, you know, guard types. And they search Jose. They go up a, a spiral staircase. Nice detail. And then we see El, El Tuco, the metastasis El Tuco. He's got gold teeth, he's a little bit older. He's got a gold watch, awesome mustache. I don't know what the term term for that mustache is. I don't know if that's a handlebar mustache. And he gives this great stare with no expression. And so he has this awesome stare with no expression. He makes uh, Jose test the product that he's, you know, Jose's selling. And Tuco laughs. He's got a great, great laugh. Ay, ay, cabron. And then he has, he says, well, I'll test it too. And then he says, I'll test it again. And then he kind of dances around. He's got a good laugh. He's got a great shirt, a great shirt. And then he starts to see like he's going to send those guys away. 
And I also noticed, I don't notice this in Tuco, but very important is there's a, some sort of puppet in the safe. And you, this would be a reason to watch this episode by itself to confirm I'm telling you the truth, but it's true. Uh, he had what seemed to be, and I've confirmed it, you know, I watched it more than once, a ventriloquist dummy in his safe. And so I don't know if Tuco in the American version had a ventriloquist dummy. I don't remember that. But I, I finally said, that's a dummy in his safe. Uh, so we're going to watch Metastasis for that and that alone. And then it seems like he's stealing the mask from Jose or making some kind of deal that Jose doesn't like. And then he shows he's a bad, he says, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a bad guy. I do what I want. And the next thing you know, we're back at school and Hank and the cops show up uh, and they talk to the janitor and then they end up taking him into custody. And then Gomez is talking to the principal. Then we're back at Walt's house later. And Walt calls Jose Rancho de Jose. It was the message. And it's card night with family. And Cielo again rubbing her belly. Like it makes me feel like there's a baby in there. And she passes. And Maria, it's Maria versus Henry. Like kind of like uh, Maria's very cute. Not like a super crush on her, but I think she's very cute. So is Marie. But Maria likes that look. She 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 she's got some cute looks to her, and I don't mean that in a degrading way. Just she made a cute look when she was trying to figure out what Henry's cards were, and then Walt Jr. kind of asks about what happened at school. Again with the owls. This time I got a little more info about the owl collection. It go they're in these cubbies in the wall behind the poker game. And I don't know you know, I don't know if this is like lost, but the cubbies go two, two, one, two, three. So there's two owls, two owls, one owl, two owls, three owls. But so definitely an owl collection in this one, not in the American one. Uh ventriloquist tell me we don't know. Henry plays his cards, and then him and Walt, you know, go, they taking it to the river. Walt goes all in. Henry, Henry kind of seems like uh, he's trying to see if, if he's bluffing or Walt's bluffing, but he folds. And then Maria looks. That's totally not cool. But she sees that Walt was bluffing. She says, I mean more. And Walt winks. He does that and then we have Walt in his shower. His head, he's losing his hair. And then I know he was drinking coffee. He's drinking it from the, the one of those, uh, those, I don't know if they're made of tin or aluminum espresso makers, which I have I had one of those. The first time I tried it was in when my brother, one of my brothers was living in Italy. I don't know if that's a percolator, but you put it on the stovetop, but he was drinking out of that coffee. And then he gets a call from Milwaukee. He's like, hey, Jose's in the hospital. Just, you know, regular old checkup, you know, but, but, but a little bit more. And he goes there, and they talk about Tuco. And then uh, Sweaty Mohawk says, hey, I'm Sweaty Mohawk. Are you the cook? Are you the cook or the man? He says there's something. And then he well, says, don't worry about it. Just give me Tuco. And then we have a bathroom scene with Walt taking all his medication. It was shot from the medicine cabinet, which I thought was a nice shot. And we kind of see the shock of losing his hair with Walt, so then he buzzes it off. And he goes to breakfast. We don't see it. We just see the buzzer, and then he goes to breakfast. He says, Buenos dias, everybody. 
and Cielo puts her hand over her mouth. Walt Jr. grins. Very good grin by Walt Jr. And he even says something. We'll cover that in a minute. But we see Walt's bald head. He drives over to Tuco's. He says, hey, let's talk business, this Tuco guy. He's in his car. He tucks some mess in his pocket. He says, hey, Tuco, you know, we're businessman to businessman. And Tuco says, yeah, for sure. Como se llama? He says, Heisenberg. And Tuco laughs. We see his gold Tuco teeth. And then Walt throws this. He says, no, it's metha, this thing. He says, it's going to make a little smoke in this room. And it goes like, boom, like a balloon. And then Tuco loves that. He says, Walt, you're hilarious. You're bold, brash, and bald. And then Walt says, don't make me, you know, make more balloons popping. And Tuco just laughs. He loves it. And then we see Walter. It's very stylized and slow, leaving and black. He's got Adidas on. I, I said, are those Sambas? But then I said, uh, are some, I think he's wearing Sambas. Suede sneakers. He gets in his car, he growls. He has the money that he got from Tuco. He growls, and that's the end of the episode. Uh, but let's go right into the red pen edition here. Lights through holes. I put Walt moving back into the RV. It's a mess. Walt gives a little speech to Jose. I'm anonymous, no violence, he says. And then we flash forward to a look on Walt's face. Estes Digo. We're going to go into some Spanish now. Como te quieres? Sabes algo? Me llamas? Que tenga al buen día? Soning iguales abajo? Digamos. He's talking to the students about a big reaction fast. He says, Succede fulminato. Rapido cambia. Hugo, that was the name of the janitor. No se preoccupe. Usted mas bien de canse un poco. Duele blado. Te vas. Donde andas. Pues eso molesta. Who do you talk to, Walter? That's a social worker who says that, and he, he talks about Green Natural Park, El Verde. Uh, Walt Sager, Mar- Marado, Kmando, uh, and then Jose recognizes the mark on Walt's chest. Iba, me about radio, etepa trace a no jewels, uh, no pues muy mal, obvio, no. Uh, I algún problem con eso. Uh, dígame usted que paso a vaya. Uh, que dice que hubo aflojar. I know es cierto. Jose, we see he's a good dealer. He works really hard. He's very personal in his relations. En uh, papa prepaid cell. Uh, he tiene uh, cien gramos. And he says stuff like it comes out. I can't sell the drugs by myself that fast. I need, and somebody says I need more. And he says no prof. Sabe que conoce sepa actitude. Uh, something that could say that has uh, means we have the best product. And then it's like Jose doesn't have a good connection to Tuco. He walks. Uh, Walt's pissed. 
then walk back in the bathroom and tone say schoolito adelante uh do you recognize this no uh fuera no lo puede something care sapos maranos salchichas tendria elgian ninguno bolsillo adelante cometer abra falta faltan balones uh, grandotes contestar conteste algo uh, ciudad sospecho que creo que la que le iba a leer sus derechos ok esto es mucha hueva pie confimi vistes uh, entonces limpio dije que suave hubo Zero love saliste, muestre me, dale, que esperas cabrón. Uh, trato hecho es broma, pinche, abale, ero broma, tuma pare, apostar, retiro, carcel, uh, sabe que dejo, si yo soy alman. That's what a sweaty mohawk says to you. Hey, yeah, you the man? Uh, que chimba. Which I think we, that chimba is a, uh, I can't remember, that's a slang word. Uh, nombrecito gui, penejo, tre mas, chingada, baja eso, cabrón. Te voy a pegar, pizca. Uh, and that's it for our second run-through there. All right, so now we're, we're talking about Breaking Bad, which was episode six. I think I forgot to say that for, uh... Okay, so we're talking episode six of Breaking Bad now. That's the same episode Metastasis. But it starts out with dust and light filtering through the holes, uh, similar to Metastasis. Walt gets on the RV. He looks exasperated. It's a little bit better of a scene, I think, in this one. And then the, the, the obviously, because I don't speak Spanish, but he says, this is my realm. You deal with the street. I'm the silent partner. Jesse's like, whatever, man. Well, it says, no violence. And then we flash forward to see, well, geez, I don't know, Walt. It's a lot of uh, dust there out on the streets of Albuquerque. And then we see Walt in treatment. He's kind of drifting off, falling asleep a little bit. And we see this sign behind him. It says, hope, faith, courage, peace. I think it had one more word I didn't write down, though. And then Skylar's there. She's like, hey, by the way, where's Elliot's money? And Walt says, hey, don't worry, we're good. A check came. And then he goes to pay. I noticed the bill was 1900 where that was what he was writing a check for. A little more formal in the U.S. I thought, felt, felt like in Colombia... The hospital, uh, the pay, pay person was a little more, uh, not that this person was rude, it was just more prof professional, where in Columbia it felt more personal, or personable. And then we have Walt teaching, he's talking about these chemical reactions involve change. Again, when Walt's teaching, possible themes are going to come through, and, and uh, yeah, this is in another case, he says, uh, yeah, chemical reactions involve change on two levels of matter. 
are in two levels, matter and energy. He said, if it's gradual, it's going to be a slight change. You might not even notice something like as it's happening, like rust. But when it's a quick change, otherwise harmless things uh, can rapidly explode, like Walt, you know, like Walt. And then Walt goes to the bathroom a little bit slower. He says, yeah, he does say, well, excuse me, I'll be right back. But then he runs to the restroom, I think. But he seems a little bit sicker than in Colombia. And then the Hugo here, he says, hey, I got it, Mr. White. I'll clean up. You, you, you got kids to teach. What a hard on this, Hugo, both of them. They like to take both Hugos and, and maybe go on a driving tour with them. And then they go to the hospital. In the USA, it's like more of a group therapy session uh, with other families, where in Colombia it was just a family with a social worker. But there's still like someone moderating, and Skylar really goes on this tangent on Wall and goes out, you know, and then she says, Walt, do you have anything to share? And Walt says, I like to be alone. And I said, I, I second that, Walt. But then he starts up the BS me. He says, like, in nature, it's very therapeutic. And then we have the cook scene where Walt doesn't feel good. Walt seemed, like, more hot and dizzy than short of breath. When he's cooking in the RV, he doesn't feel good. His rash is a little bit better done from his uh, treatment. And uh, uh, Jesse's like, when were you going to tell me? And Walt's like, well, cancer, bro. You should have told me I'm your partner. And Jesse knows a lot of his aunt. He said, I know exactly what that is. And Walt says, oh, he was bad enough. And then Jesse says, I'll cook, buddy. And then we have Hank and Gomi. And then Hank's like, oh, looks at the report. He says, oh, this is Walt's school on this report here with the changed thing. And it's good music when Jesse's dealing great music, I'd say. And then there's a little bit of scooby doo 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 or something. Much grittier, actually, uh, in Albuquerque, the drug dealing. And Jesse gets more, he gets high. Where I don't think Jose Miguel did, I, I notice. He he seems like he's making fat stacks. And that's what he did. And that's what he says to Walt. And he says 26 big ones. And Walt, he says 26 grand. And he says, no, idiot, $2,600. And they, well, he said, why are you selling it in such small, you know, they go back and forth, but why are you selling it in such small quantities? This return is unacceptable for the risk. And Jesse's like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. And Walt says, I know lack of motivation when I see it. And they get to the point, you know, he's like, we need to move this in bulk. Jesse's like, like a distributor. And he goes, yeah, you don't know anyone? And he goes, yeah, I did, uh, but you took him out. And he's like, there's a guy named Tuco. And he says, go talk to him. Jesse's like, how? He says, show some salesmanship. And Jesse says, it's risky, too risky. And Walt says, Jesus, just grow some fucking balls. And Jesse kind of goes, he, he makes this thing with his mouth. I couldn't say if he goes, uh, man or wow. When Walt blows his stack. And then Walt's uh, waiting to check. He's out of money. He's like, can you wait to cash that till Monday? And she says again, yeah. And then he's sick at school. School had a really nice restroom. Nice tile. Big tiles. Clean. He said, I'd like to. That's a nice restroom. And then Walt gets his visit from his buddy Hank. 
and this is offensive, but Hank's an offensive guy. He says about the, I won't say, well, it's so Hank, I got to say it. It's offensive. He says that that teacher had an ass like an onion. It made me cry or makes me want to cry. Uh, and then they talk about gas mask and Walt's like, what gas mask? And he said, is there anything missing? And again, this it's bad acting by Walt. And he says, who has the key? Do any of the piss ants uh, know where you keep your keys? Because he, he sees Walt as a buffoon. And then they go in the storage. He's like, you're missing a couple of Erlenmeyer flasks. And then we see Jesse and Skinny Pete going to see Tuco. Or they're walking. And then Hank's like, you got to keep better watch over your turf. You hear that? you got to keep better watch over your turf. You don't want people to start worrying about you, Walt. And he says, ha. And this is another kind of dirty phrase, but uh, uh, Jesse says to Skinny Pete, are you sure you're tight with Tuco? He says, two balls and a nutsack, yo. And then the guy won't let him. He says, yo, man, I'm Skinny Pete. And then Tuco, he's very cold to Pete. He's got a... Oh, Pete says, hey, man, you got a sick crib here. And Tuco says, break out the ice. And he says, where'd you get it? And Jesse says, hey, cooked it. He says, bullshit. And he tries it. He says, we got a deal. And Jesse says, I haven't said how much. And he says, 35 large. I put something else I can't read. Saran, I think, but I don't know what that means. But he doesn't give Jesse the money. He says, this is a consignment operation. You don't trust me? And Jesse says, no, no, I'm leaving. He says, the deal is done. And then the, he says, you know what, we, he shows, he says, this is a, this is my operation, not yours, Jesse. And then we have Hugo busted while raising the flag. And Walt Jr.'s like, is that Uncle Hank? And Hank, you can hear him in the bathroom, he says, book him. And then next thing you know, it's poker night. I put Walt's on the strong stuff. I don't know what that means. And then it checks in the mail. Oh, and then they're talking about Maurice got $25 million, so they're pretending he ships like a million dollars. And then they're talking about Hugo, and Hank admits the profile, but he says Hugo fits the profile. He had a blunt in his truck. And Walt says, Hugo doesn't strike me as a thief. And Hank says, well, he's not a ma- he's a major league pothead, but he's not a mess dealer. And he says, are you hiding something? And somebody says, what's going to happen to him? He says, well, he's going to lose his job for sure, spend some time in county. And then uh, Hank is waiting for Walt to fold or stay. And he says, I'm waiting. Are you going to man up or puss out? And Marie says, Hank, you're a dick. And Walt says, I'm all in. And Marie says, you, he had a handful of nothing. And then we're at the, Walt calls Jesse and he goes to visit him. Walt meets Skinny Pete and it's a little bit slower unraveling of a scene, I think. And he, but I like this. Walt says, tell me about this Tuco. Tell me everything about him. And then we have Walt taking his pills, not against the, uh, not with the uh, shot through the uh, medicine cabinet. But there's a cool M.C. Asher type thing with a glass sphere on a, a jar by him that looked cool. And then, of course, he goes all glass fair. He shaves his head, and that's breakfast. Skyler's in shock. And Walt says, hey, pass the butter. And Walt Jr. says, badass, Dad. And then we have Walt outside of Tuco's. Kind of seems like he's scouting it out. 
And some of the dudes seem like they're making fun of Walt on the street. And Walt says to the bouncer, he says, I want to talk to Tuco. And he says, I'm not leaving until I do. And then Tuco, Tuco's checking out. Walt goes up and meets with him. He says, and he's checking out Walt's meth. He says, what's your name? Walt says, Heisenberg. He says, Heisenberg? He says, I have a seat, Heisenberg. He finds it hilarious. And he says, I don't imagine you're going to, or no, Walt says, I don't imagine I'm going to be here very long. And he says, what do you want? He says, 50 G's. He says, 35 for the meth and 15 for messing with my partner. And he says, you bring me more meth that I already stole your first round. It's a brilliant plan. And Walt says, you got one thing, you got one part of that wrong. This isn't meth. And he says, ba-boom. And then Tuco makes the deal pretty quick. He again, it's just like the other, he finds it hilarious that Walt's a lunatic or Heisenberg is. I guess a dear scooter's like the Heisenberg of this podcast. And then Walt gets in the car, he grabs the money, he growls, and then some badass music plays. And that's the wrap-up of uh, Breaking Bad this week. All right, so we're going to run through the uh, language learning part of the show now. Uh, first up was N Cambio. Uh, however, poor Esto for this. Ega, wiga, oh, wiga, wiga, here. Conteste, answer. Like, answer your phone, Walt. Uh, I, I did not get answered. Um, probably like, hey, hey, or hey, like, hey, hey. Uh, cabron, in, uh, according to Google, means dumbass. I me amor uh, says I love I I love me. So that doesn't make sense because it was Maria said I me amor. You folded when you could have won. Like oh dear sweet cakes. Uh, estas these. Digo I say. Como tu quieres as you want. Sabes algo you know something. Mayamas, call me. Hey, hey maiden, mayamas. Uh, que tenga al buen dia. Uh, have a good day. Son, son iguales, they are equal. Let's keep that on the short list. They are equal. Son iguales. Abajo, down. Digamos, say. Succede, uh, happens. Uh, rapido com, cambia, quick change. Hey, I'm just going to, I'm a superhero. Hold on, I'm about, about to do a rapido cambia, quick change. Right, here's another important one to remember. No se preoccupe. Hey, even rhymes, do not worry. No se, don't worry, boo, 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 boo. No se preoccupe, do, 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 do. When you feel a story and trouble, you know the Buddha called Scooter on the double. No say do, 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 preoccupe. Uh, this one was, uh, I messed up here. Usted mas bien de can say un poca. Uh, you bien plenty of rest one more little. Uh, duele hurts. Oh, it hurts. Lotto, side, where does it hurt? Side, it hurts in my side. Uh, Tevas, Tevas, you leave. 
Uh, donde andas? Donde andas? Where are you? You leave? Where are you? Uh, pues eso for that. Uh, molesta. I'm surprised by this stuff. It's upset. Moredo. M-A-R-E-D-O. Moredo. Dizzy. That might be the word of the week. Moredo. Camando. Burning. I feel dizzy. My pee is Moredo. My pee is, my, you know, pee-pee's Camando. Uh, Iba at Wood. I'd see a doctor. Iba a doctor. Uh, here's another good word to learn this week. Etapa. E-T-A-P-A. That's stage. Uh, no place muy mal. Not as badly. Not as bad. Uh, obio. No. Uh, no shit. It probably means. Obviously not. Uh, no shit, dumbass. I algen algun problema con eso. Uh, there's a problem with that. There's a problem with your order, sir. Story of my life. Uh, Dígame usted, you tell me, que pasó, what happened? Uh, so you tell me what happened with my order. Well, there was a problem with that, sir. Uh, Dígame usted, que pasó, hay algún problema con eso. Well, you know what, I'm going to take my money, I'm buying I'm going to go. And then the police say, que dice que hubo. He was saying that there was, I think those are two separate words, so what, what, is, I don't know. I think Hubo comes up again. Aflogar, no, no, every week I try to look that word up, I think. Ay, no es cierto, ay, it's not true, what they say about Walter. Uh, and Papa, aft, wow, that's useful. Anybody on a ship right now? And Papa, I'm heading aft, I'm going up. I think that guy probably told Walter it's and Papa aft upstairs, if that's what aft is. Atiene there has seen gramos, 100 grams. Uh, sabe que, know what? Uh, sepa, no. Actude, actitude, attitude. Culito's ass. Adelante, forward. Uh, afuera, outside. Uh, no lo puede, no lo puede, I could not. Uh, sapos, toads, I don't think that's what that means, though, but it keeps coming up and I keep, you know, whatever that definition of insanity, just doing the same thing. Uh, tendria would have. Uh, salichas, sausages, might mean something else, too. Uh, Elgin, uh, someone. Uh, ninguno, that's a that's word of the week because it's such a beautiful word. Ninguno, none, N A N G U N O, word of the week. Ninguno, none. Bolsillo, also a beautiful word. Pocket, adelante, forward. Cometer, commit. Abra, open. Falta, lack. Faltan, missing. Uh, balones, balls, grandote, huge. Uh, grandote, balones, he must have said to Walter. Uh, contestar, answer, conteste, answer, just different, probably things. Per, you know, per, whatever the thing, you know, I don't know. Algo, something, kudar, kudar, care. 
sospecho, suspect, crequeo, that I cray. Que le iba a? I was going to. That sounds like when you're, I was going to. Relax. Lear sus derechos, okay. Read your rights or what? I think, isn't K what? Oh, God, this is the accidental phrase of the week right here. Thanks to Google Translate, phrase of the week. Esto es mucha hueva. There is much row. Holy sushi restaurant. Esto es mucha hueva. There is much row. A PA caught eating too much row. Confirme, trust me. Vistes you wear. Uh, entonces, then, limpio, clean. Ubo, there was. I like Ubo, H-U-B-O, and then it has such a, it's, it looks so short, but there was. Uh, D-A, que suave. I said soft, man. You know, give me some D-A, que suave over here in my bedroom. Oh, wait, no, this might be the phrase of the week. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, boy, we got a phrase off here. You guys may have to vote, but we could have two phrases a week. Is this one? Zero love saliste. Zero love you left. It's like straight out of a love song. Zero love saliste. Zero love you Last Christmas, zero love saliste. The, uh, the very next day, Sarah loves Sally stay. This year, I'll save me from tears because I have Sarah loves Sally stay. Muerte uh, may show me, Dale, do it. Uh, que esperas? What are you waiting for, cabron, dumbass? Uh, trato hecho, it's a done deal, man. This is a great week of vocabulary words. Trato hecho, done deal. Es broma, I'm just kidding. Holy mackerel, pinche, scullion. I think that means poop, though. Scullion, because usually they say pinche cabron when they're talking to me. Abale endorses. Era broma, just kidding. Toma taking. Uh, pare, stop, apostar, bet, retire, retirio, retirement, carcel, jail, sabe que, no what, dejo, I leave. I think it means I fold in this case, though. Uh, cease, you soy the man, el man, uh, yeah, you're the man. I know that, que chimba, how cool, I think chimba's a cool, badass, awesome. Uh, nombrecito, we don't know what, gooey, we don't know what that means. Pendejo, stupid. Again, no one said, is that bendejo and pendejo are the same words or different? Because uh, I've been called, uh, I don't say, have I been called pendejo and bandejo? Or just pendejo? Uh, Tremas brings more. Chingada, uh, Google Translate, when I said, I think that's a bad word. Uh, Baja eso, that's low, uh, Tuco. You're bidding me low. Uh, te boy a pegar, I'll pay, I'll pay. Pisca, pinch. Uh, pinch, pinch will do it when it comes to salt. Uh, so that's our language learning for the week. And pr- pretty, pretty good stuff, I'd say.
Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't run over to Wikipedia and just give you a few minutes on Raymond Cruz, who is the actor that plays Tuco Salamanca. I have a slight I don't. I've never met him, but I have a tiny connection to him that makes me love him even more. I think he's a fine actor playing this Tuco. As horrible as Tuco is, uh, Mr. Cruz is is wonderful in his portrayals. I mean, he's a very charismatic uh, actor, wonderful to see on the screen. You know, he brings you, he's just great. But Raymond Cruz, uh, he was born in uh, July uh, 9th. He's uh, best known for his roles as Detective Julio Sanchez in the series The Closer, and his recurring roles, Tuco Salamanca on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He currently stars on Major Crimes, the spinoff of The Closer, reprising the role of Sanchez. And here's where he was born in East Los Angeles, California, his Mexican ancestry. He attended East L.A. College, is literate in Spanish and English. And he grew up in a neighborhood that saw gang activity, a reality, this is just according to Wikipedia, that he brings to his roles, particularly Sanchez and a range range of gang-affiliated characters. He attributes having become interested in American literature early in life as how he avoided the gangs himself. Uh, But I, I, I actually lived in East Los Angeles, so it has a huge spot in my heart. Huge, huge love of East Los Angeles. Uh, so I said, geez, I, just love, I love him. I love East Los Angeles. What about his career at Wikipedia? Well, he played uh, Chavez in Clear and Present Danger. He was also an out for Justice, The Substitute, The Rock, Dusk Till Dawn 2, Alien Resurrection, Under Siege. Uh, Batos Locos, oh no, he Blood In, Blood Out, Havoc, Gremlins 2, wow. Uh, Training Day, uh, Collateral Damage, uh, Deep Space Nine, wow, he was in uh, X-Files in 24. Talk about hitting every great show or a lot of, it's like, geez, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, X-Files, 24, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, CSI, uh, My Name is Earl, and Nip Tuck. According to Wikipedia, his first credited film role was in the 1987 movie Made to Order, which I think was a a J-Lo vehicle. But yeah, Gremlins too, that's great. Dumbo Drop he was also in. Broken Arrow. It looks like he might be playing uh, Ariel Castro in something. Murder, she wrote. He was at Walker, Texas Ranger. Holy moly. So that's just a little bit about Raymond Cruz. I want to give him a shout out just because I love seeing him on the screen. And his Tuco even better. You know, I got a little poem uh, request in from the Silver Tone. And I took a look at the poem. I said, maybe this can fit Breaking Bad in some way. We can wrap our heads around uh, or, you know, try to make understanding of the, un- un- you know, that's what poetry kind of does is, uh, doesn't make understandable things under, I don't, I don't know. Let's just read the poem. How about that? Uh, so this is Ulysses by Lord Alfred Tennyson. In little prophets that an idle king, by this still hearth among these barren crags, 
Matched with an aged wife, I met in dole unequal laws unto a savage race that hoard and sleep and feed and know not me. I cannot rest from travel. I will drink life to the lees all the time I've enjoyed. Greatly have suffered greatly, both with those that loved me and alone on shore. Wind throw scolding drifts the rainy Hades. Vex the dim sea, I became a name. For always roaming with a hungry heart, much have I seen and known. Cities of men and manners, climates, councils, governments. Myself not least, but honored of them all. In drunk delight of battle with my peers, far on the ringing plains of windy Troy. I am a part of all that I have met. Yet all experiences in archware through gleams that untraveled world whose margin fades forever and forever when I move. How dull it is to pause, to make an end, to rust unburnished, not to shine in use. And though to breathe where life, life piled on life were all too little, and of one to me little remains, but every hour is saved from that eternal silence something more, a bringer of new things, and vile it were, for some three sons to store and hoard myself in this great spirit yearning and desire, to follow knowledge like a sinking star beyond the utmost bound of human thought. This is my son, mine own Telemachus, to whom I leave the scepter in the isle, well-loved of me, discerning to fulfill this labor by slow prudence, to make mild a rugged people, and through soft degrees subdue them to the useful and the good. Most blameless is he, centered in the sphere of common duties, decent not to fail in offices of tenderness and pay, made adoration of my household gods when I am gone. He works his work, I mine. There lies the port, the vessel puffs her sail, there glooms the dark, the broad seas. My mariner's souls that have toiled and wrought and thought with me, that ever with a frolic welcome took the thunder and the sunshine and opposed free hearts, free foreheads, you and I are old. Old age hath his honor and his toil, death closes all but something here the end, some work of noble note not some work of noble note may yet be done, not unbecoming men that strove with gods. The lights began to twinkle from the rocks, the long day wanes, the slow moon climbs, the deep moans round with many voices. Come, my friends, tis not too late to seek a newer world. Push off and sitting well in order smite the sounding furrows for my purpose holds to sail beyond the sunset and the baths of all the western stars until I die. It may be that the gulfs will wash us down. It may be we shall touch the happy isles and see the great Achilles whom we knew. Though much is taken, much abides and though we are not that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Okay, so I was getting ready to do 
uh, the show, I said, geez, what about some Colombian history? And then I said, I started looking some stuff up and another situation where truth is stranger than fiction came up because I was looking up at some colonial battles and, and I found, and I'm not making this up, the war of Jenkins ear and Jenkins is someone's proper name. Uh, and it has even a Spanish name, the war of Jenkins. This is all from Wikipedia. The War of Jenkins' Ear, known as Guerra del Asiento in Spain, was a conflict between Britain and Spain that lasted from 1739 to 1748, with major operations largely ended in 1742. Its unusual name, yeah, no shit, it's, it's a freaking war named after, it's not like there's the War of Picasso's Ear. There wasn't even an Encyclopedia Brown case, like... Encyclopedia Brown in the case of the missing ear, uh, but its unusual name, uh, it was was coined by Thomas Carlyle in 1858. So I guess that kind of kills the mood a little bit because it wasn't like the soldiers were like, uh, uh, for the year, you know. So, uh, but it refers to the ear severed from Robert Jenkins, captain of a British merchant ship. The severed ear was subsequently exhibited before the British Parliament. I can't believe there isn't a movie about this. Uh, Somebody get uh, Harvey Weinstein on the phone, see if they can make a deal here. The tale of the ear's separation from Jenkins, following the boarding of his vessel by Spanish Coast Guards in 1731, provided an impetus to the war against the Spanish Empire ostensibly to encourage the Spanish not to go back on the lucrative Asiento contract. And would you believe that with all these colonial powers acting up, that it was uh, also, unfortunately, if if it wasn't terrible enough, this also involves slavery and a battle over making profits off of slavery. So if it couldn't get any more repulsive, it can. Uh, after 1742, the war was subsumed by the wider War of Austrian Succession, which involved most of the powers of Europe. Uh, peace arrived with the Treaty of Assis-la-Chapelle in 1748. From the British perspective, the war was notable because it was the first time that a regiment of colonial American troops was raised and placed on the establishment made a part of the regular British army and sent to fight outside North America. Wow, so this is American history and colonial repulsive action all in one. Let's read a little background about it. Okay, background. At the conclusion of the War of Spanish Secession, the Treaty of Utrecht of 1713 gave Britain a 30-year asiento or a right to sell slaves to the Spanish colonies. Uh, the British pro- provided traders and smugglers. Oh, this provided British traders and smugglers inroad to the closed markets in Spanish America. But Britain and Spain were often at war during this period, fighting one, one, one another. In the War of the Quadruple Alliance, the blockade of Portobello, and the Anglo-Spanish War. Uh, in the Treaty of Seville, following the Anglo-Spanish War, Britain had accorded Spanish warships the right to stop British traders and verify if the Asiento right was respected. Over time, the British became suspicious that British tra- over time the 
Uh, over time, the Spanish became suspicious that British traders were abusing the contract and began to board ships and confiscate their cargoes. After a very strained relations between 1727 and 32, the situation improved for five years when Sir Robert Walpole supported Spain during the War of Polish, Polish Succession. Uh, the causes of the problem remained, and when the opposition against Walpole grew, so did the anti-Spanish sentiment among the British public. Walpole gave in and approved sending a troops to West Indies in a squadron to Gibraltar under Admiral Haddock, causing an immediate Spanish reaction. Spain asked for financial compensation, which led the British to demand to annul the visitation right agreed to in the Treaty of Seville. As a reaction, King Philip V annulled the Asiento right and had all British ships in Spanish harbors confiscated. The Convention of Pardo, an attempt to mediate the dispute, broke down. On the 14th of August, the Brit Britain recalled its ambassador to Spain and officially declared war 23rd of October 1739. Despite the Pact of Familia, France remained neutral. Walpole was deeply reluctant to declare war and reportedly remarked in jubilation. Uh, Walpole was deeply reluctant to declare war and reportedly remarked remarked to the jubilation in Britain, they are ringing their bells, and soon they will be ringing their hands. Uh, nomenculture. The incident that gave name to the war occurred in 1731 off the coast of Florida when the British brig Rebecca was boarded by the Spanish patrol boat La Isabella, commanded by Julio Leon Fandino. Uh, after boarding, Fandino cut off the left ear of Rebecca's captain, Robert Jenkins, who he accused of smuggling. It's a good thing Jorah, Sir Jorah the Andal wasn't on this boat. Uh, Fandino told Jenkins, go and tell your king I will do the same if he dares to do the same. In March 1738, Jenkins was ordered to testify before Parliament presumably to repeat his story before the Committee of the House of Commons. According to some accounts, he produced the severed ear as part of his presentation. Although no hearing, I wonder if he didn't eat comedy while he was doing that. Like, can you hear me? Can you hear my rage? Hear this, King uh, Philip V. Where, where, where did I, I get, I went off, um... This incident was considered alongside various other occasions of Spanish depredations upon British subjects and was perceived as an insult to the honor of the nation and a clear causes belia. Uh, the conflict was named by essayist and historian Thomas Carlyle in 1858, 110 years later. Carlyle mentioned the year in several several passages of his history of Friedrich II, uh, most notably where he refers to the War of Jenkins' Ear. And there's some pretty detailed uh, discussions about the war, you know, but the ear is probably the best part, you know, boarding the ship. He said, you know, I, I just can't believe how wonderful history can be. I don't know what it has to do with Columbia, I guess. I, I, I'd have to look that. I guess I'll have to look, look through here. So I'll pause it and look. Hold on. Okay, now we're recording.
All right, so let's get a little Colombian here. The first uh, Colombian mention is the first during the war of Jenkins' ear is the first attack on the uh, Cartagena de Indias. That was in 1740, March. Uh, following a battle over at Portobello, this dude Vernon decided to focus his uh, efforts to capture uh, Cartagena de Indias in present-day Colombia. Uh, both Vernon and the governor of Jamaica considered the Spanish gold shipping port to be a prime objective. Uh, since the outbreak of the war, Vernon's arrival in the Caribbean, uh, the British had made a concerted effort to gain the intelligence to gain intelligence on the defenses of Cartagena. Uh, in 1739, Vernon sent First Lieutenant Percival to deliver a letter to Blas de Lezo and Don Pedro Hidalgo, the governor of Cartagena. Uh, he was only delivering the letter to scout out their defenses. But this effort was uh, did not, uh, thwarted because the Spanish aren't idiots and they wouldn't let him into the port. Uh, so in March 1740, they tried a more direct approach and Vernon undertook a reconnaissance in force of the Spanish city. Uh, Vernon left Port Royal in command of a squadron of ships uh, in line, two fire ships, some, uh, a bunch of ships. Uh, reaching Cartagena on the 13th of March, it landed several men to map the topography and reconnoiter the Spanish squadron anchored in Playa Grande, west of Cartagena. Having not seen any reaction from the Spanish, uh, Vernon opened them to, you know, start shooting on the city. But, but listen how crafty this guy is. Vernon intended to provoke a response that might give him a better idea of the defensive capabilities of the Spanish. But here's how smart the Spanish were. Understanding Vernon's motives, Lazo did not re immediately respond. Instead, he ordered a removal of guns from his ship to form a temporary shore battery. Holy brawn! And, uh, for the purpose of suppressive fire. Uh, Vernon next tried an amphibious assault but faced strong resistance uh, when he tried to land 300 soldiers, or 400, and in total lasted 21 days. Uh, Vernon withdrew his forces and left uh, two ships around there to intercept any Spanish ships that might approach. And then he tried again in... Uh, uh, May of 1740, with 13 warships uh, to bomb the city. But Lazo reacted by deploying six ships of the line uh, to force the British fleet into ranges where they could make only long shots or short, short shots. That didn't have much value. And Vernon just gave up. Uh, but he said, hey, this was successful. Uh, the main action was to help the Spanish test their defenses. Uh, but he wasn't done yet because uh, almost a year later, March of 1741, the largest action of the war was a major amphibious assault launched by British under Admiral Vernon against Cartagena, uh, the gold, you know, the gold port we've talked about. Uh, Vernon, he sounds like a total buffoon, a total... Uh, what is a bird brain? Guevon. His expedition was hampered by in inefficient organization, his rivalry with the commander of the land forces, 
This gets better every sentence we read about this war. This is get somebody get uh, Paul Thomas Anderson on. Uh, see if you can dial Paul Thomas Anderson into this uh, Periscope. We we need him to make a movie about this. It's just so interesting. Uh, but his inefficient rival his land forces. Uh, and logistical problems of mounting, mounting uh, and maintaining a major transatlantic expedition. The uh, strong fortifications of Cartagena and the able strategy of Spanish commander Blas de Lezo were despite decisive in repelling attack. Heavy losses on the British side were due in large part to virulent tropical diseases, which took more lives than the battle. Uh, the extreme ease with which the British took out Portobello led to a change in British plans. Instead of uh, Vernon attacking Havana next, he planned to, I guess we're still on this planning of the battle against Cartagena to Indias. Uh, someone else must have wrote this paragraph because it doesn't really make sense. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, in preparation of invading Cartagena, the British gathered in Jamaica, one of the largest fleets ever, ever assembled. It had 186 ships, 60 more than the famous Spanish Armada, 2,600 artillery pieces, 27,000 men, uh, 10,000 which would have been soldiers in the assault. There was 12,000 sailors and 4,000 recruits. The latter were led by Lawrence Washington, the older half-brother of George Washington. Holy moly. Okay, Vernon ordered his uh, forces to clear the port of all scuttled ships. Then he landed a contingent of troops under Major General Thomas Wentworth and the artillery they sent to take out one of the forts. And then they opened with cannon fire from their ships at a rate of 62 shots an hour, or one every 30 seconds. Uh, Lazo ordered four of the Spanish ships to aid his troops in defending that one base, uh, but then they retreated to the city. Uh, civilians evacuated. After uh, leaving Fort Boca Grande, the Spanish regrouped at Fort San Felipe de Barajas, while Washington's dudes uh, took up uh, positions in the nearby hill of La Papa. Uh, Vernon, believing he was about to be victorious, uh, sent a message to Jamaica saying he already took the city, which, you know, a bad idea. Uh, the report got sent it from Jamaica to forwarded to London, where they were celebrating. Commemorative medals were printed and minted, holy, depicting the defeated Spanish defenders kneeling before Vernon. The robust image of the enemy depicted in British medals bore little resemblance to Admiral Lazo. On the evening of 19th of April, the British mounted an assault upon Castillo San Felipe de Barajas. They had three columns of Grant, Grandinier, Grant, Grandinier, whatever dudes. Uh, they moved under cover of darkness with uh, a naval bombardment. They fought their way to the fort's ramparts but discovered deep trenches and this rendered their scaling equipment too short. Nice job, Vernon. And the army's advance was stymied because the fort's walls had been had not been breached. Ramparts couldn't be toppled. 
and the British couldn't uh, withdraw because their equipment was so heavy and they were taking Spanish fire. Uh, the Spanish seized on the opportunity with devastating effect. Uh, reversing the tide of battle, the Spanish uh, took a charge at first light, took out a lot of British. Uh, the surviving British forces retreated to the, their ships, and they continued a naval bombardment, sinking a small Spanish squadron. After Lazo's decision to scuttle ships and block the harbor entrance, but the Spanish uh, thwarted any British attempt to land uh, any ground forces, and the British troops were forced to remain aboard ships for a month without reserves, with supplies running low. I'm not anti-British, just anti-colonist, or, you know, I don't know, I'm anti-Vernon, I guess. Uh, with supplies running low in the outbreak of disease, uh, Vernon was forced forced to raise the siege on the 9th of May and return to Jamaica. They lost 6,000 soldiers, and Spanish lost about 1,000. Vernon carried on uh, attacking Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, uh, Panama City, Panama, Port, you know, hoping for a, a victory like his first victory. And then things didn't work out. And we'll just skip to the end of the war. Uh, the aftermath, the eventual diplomatic resolution they must have reached was uh, formed as part of the wider settlement of the War of Austrian Succession. Uh, the issue of Ascento was not mentioned in the treaty as it had been lessened in importance. The main issue was settled in the 1750 Treaty of Madrid, in which Britain agreed to renounce its claim in exchange for £100,000. It allowed British trade with Spanish America under favorable conditions. Uh, relations between British and Spain dramatically improved during subsequent years, thanks to a concerted effort by the Duke of Newcastle to cultivate Spain as an ally. A succession of Anglophile ministers were appointed in Spain, all of whom were on good terms with the British. And as a result, uh, Spain remained neutral during the Seven Years' War between Britain and France. The Spanish Empire and the Caribbean remained intact. Spanish Spain later used its training routes and trading routes and resources to help the rebels in the American Revolution in the late 18th century. Uh, the War of Jenkins' Ear is commemorated annually on the last Saturday in May at the Wormslow Plantation in Savannah, Georgia. So that's a little bit about the War of Jenkins' Ear. An unbelievable find. Maybe one day I'll write a movie about it or we'll, we'll have somebody else make a movie right away about it because it has everything in there. Except for, you know, inter you know, it needs a lot of work, but it's uh, interesting. All right.